Hi, and welcome to the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. I'm your host, Christian Klepp, and one of the founders of Einblick Consulting. Our goal is to share inspirational stories, tips, and insights from B2B marketers, digital entrepreneurs, and industry experts that will help you to think differently, succeed, and scale your business. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Episode 5 of the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. I'm your host, Christian Klepp, and today I'm excited to have Julian Phipps join me. Julian, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Christian. Really appreciate it. All right. Well, let's get started. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do? Sure. Yeah. So for uh, several years now, um, I've been involved in the financial industry, uh, dating back to actually to 1997 when I started my career in banking. Mm -hmm. And um, over a good portion of uh, a decade since that time, I was uh, moving my way up through the ranks um, in the banking industry. Um, Everything from, uh, you know, frontline, you know, teller, retail environment, banking environment to um, handling banks liquidity and, and understanding, you know, the investment brokerage side. Uh, and um, from that point on, moved to having a, a startup that was operational in doing peer-to-peer uh, exchange, doing mm-hmm. currency exchange online. So that was novel at the time because there weren't many of us doing it. So it kind of pioneered that space a little bit. Right. And um, now moving forward, uh, you know, was working in the industry selling uh, banking technology and software, um, not only for the banking industry, but also for lenders, for um, different technology companies. Uh, platforms and um, also had uh, the ability to actually lead sales as a head of sales in Canada for a company uh, in the fraud prevention space. So um, essentially some of the developments there included leveraging artificial intelligence and, and machine learning and uh, a whole consortium of data uh, to provide insight for companies on how to reduce um, crime online, cybercrime online, and and mm. kind of get a step ahead of uh, the, the, the bad uh, actors out there, right? So um, that leads me to where I'm at today, doing uh, some very interesting stuff in the blockchain world, um, digital assets and custodianship. And so if you think of the world of cryptocurrency, and and all of those uh, bitcoins and ethereums that's the world i live in today yeah that's definitely a an interesting career path that you took and uh you know uh it's very interesting that you mentioned that you were working in um uh the field of fraud prevention because that's definitely going to be um uh the topic that we're discussing today but um before we get into that julian why don't you tell us a little bit about what motivated you to take this uh you know this new path um and this path to entrepreneurship yeah absolutely so one of the great things I think when you, um, you know, not only when you have experience under your belt, but also in on in an early stage or point in your career, um, you know, taking some, um, I guess sometimes what's viewed as chances or or, or risks in your career can sure. be good and can be uh, also come with reward and can can also. Um, uh, provide you with a lot of experience that you wouldn't get otherwise. Um, so for me, it, it was an opportunity to look at um, how I could leverage a lot of my experience throughout the years, apply that to you know a young uh, startup company um, that not 
always that doesn't always have all of the funding in place, but you are at an incredible point in the journey that allows you to have so many touch points and um, you know be be involved in not only the day to day operations. Um, for me, uh, being a sales and biz dev guy, you know, being able to negotiate in the rooms with with the likes of of, of you know wonderful partners and different stakeholders that you're engaging with, but also I guess in the um, stage of attracting investment and dollars for your companies and learning how to really navigate those, you know, financials as well. Um, that's something that you wouldn't necessarily always get exposure to unless you were, uh, you know, very highly skilled or trained in, in those areas. So, yeah, th- th- those are some of the things that attract me to, um, you know, the ability to consider entrepreneurial roles. Fantastic. And, you know, you've undoubtedly over the years, you know, um, acquired a certain set of skills, which are going to serve you well on this new path. And, uh, you know, coupled with a bit bit of a risk taking attitude. Yes, yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, Liam Neeson, you know, I have a very unique set of skills. (laughs) So that's one of his quotes (laughs) in some of his movies there. Yeah, just just don't go and kill anybody. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, you know, it's almost as if it happened overnight. Um, you know, the global pandemic has dramatically, um, you know, changed our lives and the way we work. And, you know, a lot of people have, um, you know, switched to working remotely and working from home. Um, certainly um, working online and the advancement of digitalization, um, you know, is something that people are talking a lot about these days, right? Um, some countries have lifted their quarantines while others like, Canada, for example, um, you know, we still remain in lockdown mode here. But as if the current crisis wasn't bad enough, um, then we also have to deal with uh, something which I would say was a result of the ongoing anxiety and fear that people have. Um, And that kind of has opened the door to another threat, which um, was already happening before the pandemic, and I feel has become even more of a reality right now. And that's um, cyber attacks. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Cyber attacks, you know, um, dating back even to early internet days that have been going on in some form or another in terms of data breaches. Um, and I know, you know, uh, there was a study back in 2013, a very interesting one that Verizon uh, did, and it was reporting that about 71% of uh, data breaches um, that were um, conducted or, you know, by, by bad actors were actually targeting small businesses with less than 100 employees. Mm-hmm. And of those those 100 employees actually typically they're actually small businesses of 10 or less people right so imagine like the the impact that that can have on those small businesses exactly um and yeah it's interesting you mentioned that because um you know i i did a little bit of research myself and i think um it was the canadian broadcasting corporation that highlighted that um it's the current health system also in canada that's come under attack from cyber criminals because they're trying to access um you know, patient information and other data, um, you know, that, that hospitals are storing. And uh, there was another report by Tri-City News in May 2020 that cyber criminals, you know, were trying to pretend to be Canada Post and they were sending out these phishing emails. But in, in fact, what they, were trying, what they were trying to do or attempting to do was steal people's um, financial information online. 
right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 And there's so many uses for the, the that um, information health rate records, but also like just, you know, what some of, um, you know, cyber criminals are doing now. They're putting together, you know, essentially whole new identities with, you know, piecing together these different um, right. pieces of information. Right. Exactly. So, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of the listeners out there are, are, kind of familiar familiar with um what it is but you know in your own words um what would you say constitutes a cyber attack and can you please um expand on that a little bit yeah sure so so really what you know my experience and my understanding with with cyber attacks is is really when confidential data is being really exposed or or compromised or even lost in a cyber attack um so what ends up happening is you know both um, the people that are exposed and the businesses that are targeted are really the victims in all of this, right? So for hackers that, you know, they, they might be searching or pilfering for different like personal information. It might be looking for your bank account information, credit card. You know, we've all had our mm-hmm. credit card probably compromised once in our, our lifetime. Um, you know, our social insurance numbers or um, social security in the U.S., right? right. So these type of um, key pieces of, of personal information um, a lot of time are the targets. Um, with those, you can often um, conduct financial crimes. Financial, you know, for for the hackers, it's really having a financial gain or mm-hmm. or having enough information uh, or data breach that is valuable that they can sell on the dark web. Right. So, you know, all of that is really just to say that you know, when identity is being untangled or like you know pilfer from different sources on the web um usually it's a very long and and strenuous kind of process that p- it puts both the, the individuals and the businesses through through a lot of pain mm-hmm. yeah that's exactly right so um you know why do you think that cyber attacks have continued to increase um not just in the u.s and canada but like you know worldwide especially because of this pandemic yeah well in, in light of the pandemic, you got to realize we're also going through a, a very challenging economic time. And right. so a lot, there, there's going to be perhaps um, less, you know, there's going to be opportunities for criminals to, to, you know, organize crime to actually go out and conduct, you know, even more, um, you know, targeted attacks. Mm. And, you know, some of the, diff- the, the challenges, for for people is is now that you're already in a compromised position perhaps financially or a business is struggling you know you may be you know looking or or more vulnerable to different um types of attacks or Mm -hmm. or you know ways that they're trying to fish out information from you so this is some of the reasons why i believe you know these these attacks are on on the rise right right exactly that's exactly it um so I mean, based on your experience, because, you know, you, you were um, working in the field of um, uh, email fraud prevention and what, what type of uh, cyber attacks did you see um, there and, you know, um, that, that um, our listeners, you know, people like in the B2B um, world and digital entrepreneurs um, should be aware yeah. of? Yeah, so for us, we were kind of leading, I guess, in a in, in a specific fraud sector where mm-hmm. you could actually um, mitigate some of the fraud before it started. So, right. you know, some of our, our use cases were really, you know, if you're if you have a website and you're um, having people sign up for your services, it can be as simple as, you know, 
gaining a little bit more information behind who it is that is coming to your, you know, virtual doors or your, your website to sign up for your service. So these are kind of preemptive and you're able to then kind of detect based on different data signals that exist out in the web uh, or in the internet, you know, who that individual is. Um, you know, some of the technology that exists today allows you to not only track, you know, where you're located, you know, in terms of geolocation, mm-hmm. uh, it allows you to see, you know, where they're potentially if, the, if that geolocation correlates to perhaps like a phone number that they're entering in on your formula, uh, uh, formulary, your questionnaire online. And um, also it, you can correlate that to the first name, last name, does it match, you know? So all these mm. inf- pieces of information become very um, strong when you correlate them together. If there are discrepancies, then you say, okay, well, Perhaps there's a reason for that, but it at least allows you to give you a chance to then screen some of your good customers versus perhaps um, customers that are there for nefarious reasons. Right. So, so that's kind of you know one of the areas that we were uh, specialized in, um, and and of course this is also powered by a lot of machine learning and artificial intelligence that correlates all of this data up to, you know, around 150 data points, believe it or not. So, you know, they could tell where you might have shopped, shopped before if you had, if your email was seen in one of the, the, the partner websites, you know, so all of this adds to the strength of you as an individual online. And mm-hmm. so this is some of the, the, the types of technologies that are being utilized by very successful companies nowadays. And the good thing about it is it can be used by small, medium-sized businesses as well. Right. Hey, it's Christian Klepp here. We'll get back to the episode in a second. But first, is your brand struggling to cut through the noise? Are you trying to find more effective ways to reach your target audience and boost sales? Are you trying to pivot your business? If so, book a call with Einblick Consulting. Our experienced consultants will work with you to help your B2B business to succeed and scale. Go to www.einblick.co for more information. Um, you brought up some really interesting points, and at least uh, to my knowledge, um, so, some of the things that you're referring to, um, I, I think that's what constitutes what they call social engineering, isn't it? Like, you know, when they collect your collect your data, like, like for instance, your, your email address and like your, your behavior online and so forth, and they try to like create this so-called um, persona of you to understand like, uh, or to anticipate what your next move is going to be? That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's digital, your digital persona and mm. really um, cyber criminals on the flip side of that hub are essentially the ones that are trying to create what are called synthetic IDs, you know, mm. leveraging a piece of valid ID, but then creating a whole new persona behind that, like you mentioned. And so, you know, these are some of the, the, the modern day, I guess, e-commerce challenges, but also, yes. you know, just general technology platform challenges that exist today. If you're creating, if you're an entrepreneur creating any type of online service where people sign up, you want to be thinking about ways that you can mitigate some of those uh, fraudulent activities um, before they begin and before they infiltrate and perhaps even sit dormant in your your uh, your, your environment mm-hmm. until the day comes where they can strike and, and extract value out of your company or, you know, your, your operations. Right. So how do you think, um, you know, cyber attacks can, uh, you know, impact uh, not just larger B2B organizations, but especially smaller businesses, you know, who may not have the means or resources, you know, to, to, uh, you know, in place to um, prevent cyber attacks? 
Yeah, they can be affected in a number of ways. Sometimes it's just as simple as, you know, having um, DOS attacks, which are, you know, um, very, you know, very troublesome. They can basically um, stop your your ability to conduct business, right? Mm. And so with, you know, DOS, which stands for Disk Operating System, you know, and essentially your DOS, your Microsoft DOS operating system, you know, these are on every, you know, pretty much every computer, right? Has a DOS system mm. almost. And so if they're able to, you know, basically lock down your your computer, your network for a small businesses, th- this can be crippling and even put them out of business, right? They can lose yeah. all their data. They can have um, the potential, you know, that they couldn't recover from such a, uh, a an attack. Whereas larger organizations have become a lot better at, you know, securing their IT environments, um, reducing the threat of these these attacks or DDoS attacks as well. So um, what small businesses can do is really there, there's a number of steps um, that mm-hmm. we could probably get into um, you know, you know, later on or now, whenever you like, but mm-hmm. some of them include just having, you know, as simple as having a strong, um, policy password, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, or password policy, I should say. Yeah. And, and even knowing all of the devices that are connected to your, you know, network at, at your business. Right. So mm-hmm. maybe locking it down, being an understanding and having, um, ensuring that, you know, when people bring their own devices and connect to your network, that, you know, that they have been, you know, verified or, or, you know, authorized to do so. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there, there's a lot of ways, of course, you could have a firewall and those are just kind of the top three things that I would start with. So, you know, having a strong password policy, knowing the net, the, all of the devices connected to your small business network and really having a firewall um, as well as probably an antivirus or anti-malware device, um, you know, or service on every device. So those kind of four top, top things really are, are very important. And, you know, later on, I can talk about some of the other aspects. No, that's fantastic, and you know, thanks for bringing up those um, those steps that um, you know businesses can take to prevent um, you know to prevent um, cyber attacks. But also to the next question, um, and you've already highlighted it, but um, maybe you can expand on it a bit further. Um, can you uh, explain uh, the importance of uh, you know what we can call cyber resilience? Mm-hmm. Yeah, cyber resilience is is really. Uh, I, I think it's one of the things that where you're prepared as a business, you know, and really being able to you know recover from uh, any sort of you know cyber threat or cyber attack, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of a lot of users might think about, or users, I guess, a lot of people um, in the IT world might um, think of this as an entity's ability to really mm-hmm. continuously deliver their products or service online, um, despite any sort of bad event or threat that occurs to them. Right. So it's, it's really your, your, how you can reboot and recover from this. Right. 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 So, so that's kind of really, um, how, how I would describe that, you know, as best I could in simple terms. Yeah. It, it, uh, that, that's, uh, that's really great. And that, um, it brings back this old, um, this old saying that we had um, back in uh, university when I was studying production operations management, and it's basically prevention before detection, mm-hmm. yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the same holds true in the, um, you know, the cyber, in terms of cyber resilience or cyber threats. Yeah, it's having a contingency plan, right? So a recovery right. plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. You know. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, this is undoubtedly a topic about a challenging situation because, you know, nobody wants to have their, um, you know, their computer or their, um, 
you know, their assets compromised, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But let's try to look at it from a more uh, constructive and I would say mm, purposeful perspective. Um, okay. so, so from your view, um, you know, how can cyber resilience and taking the right steps help businesses to improve and become better? And not necessarily just at protecting themselves from cyber attacks, but, you know, what, what, what does that right mindset help them to do ultimately? Well, well, really, it's, it's um, a few things. One is, you know, educating not only themselves as business owners, small business owners, but also in educating their employees, right? Um, mm-hmm. Having a playbook, internal playbook of, of what is expected out of, you know, employee, uh, you know, digital kind of behavior or, or like, you know, understanding how, uh, devices connect and, and, you know, what devices are authorized, what to click on, what not to, you know, things that are maybe what um, websites that they need to block from their network in order to remain safe as a business, right? Yeah. Um, so a lot of these are preventative measures, but also educational in the sense that when you're onboarding new employees, you know, you've got a handbook or a training, you know, onboarding book that allows them to um, have a section on, on perhaps, you know, um, cyber threats or, you know, what to do and what not to do in terms of online behavior when you're uh, working on on the business network. Mm-hmm. So, so these are very important because, you know, as we mentioned before, um, these attacks on small businesses, you know, on average, you, you got to look at the cost of what these, um, you know, potential infiltrations affect. Uh, they, on average, will have to spend, you know, days recovering and, and um, fixing a lot of the damage that's been done, um, you know, and that could take, you know, on average two to three weeks uh, to perhaps put things back if you don't have a, a strong IT department that has a, as you said, resilience, uh, cyber resilience plan in place. Um, and also the the financial impact, right? So a lot of um, uh, small businesses have said either they're they're reporting uh, that their data has been you know taken uh, and basically downloaded from their their business. Um, so it might be sensitive uh, personal data that um, is is very you know impactful not only on them but the reputation of their firm. Uh, and it can also right. be you know financial in the sense that you know they they've lost. Uh, revenues or they've lost um, actual dollars, right? So mm. uh, really it, it comes into a point where you really have to educate, prevent, and really ensure that you have a, a playbook on this. I think it's, it's smart to to focus either your HR and, uh, department and or you know, in co- collaboration with your IT department, if you have one, to have something in place in terms of making sure that it's all it's known throughout the organization. Those are some really great insights, Julian. Thanks for that. Um, I think it's also important to point out, um, and I think it's going back to some of the things that you've discussed um, over these past couple of minutes. It's um, it's also important for uh, companies or organizations, regardless of their size, to get um, their team or their people to understand how the you know the cyber resilience aspect, how that um, you know how that plays a central role or uh, how, how it plays an important role in the overall uh, ecosystem of the company and, you know, to get them to see, um, you know, where that all fits in. Right? That's absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, one of the things here too, is that, you know, while a lot of what we're talking about today is, um, the, you know, cyber attacks that happen to the business, um, you know, we just touched on the education portion in mm. terms of m- ensuring all your employees and or stakeholders internally are are up to date on what to do and what not to do. Um, it's also sometimes 
you know, human behavior, right? So uh, yeah. understand if you can train the human behavior and, and also like, you know, your employees to know, you know, what is, you know, sensitive information and how sensitive information is being handled. Um, a lot of times, you know, you or I could be, you know, going out somewhere and shopping uh, and they might ask for some of your own personal information and, and you mm-hmm. as a consumer also have sometimes the right to, or do have the right whether or not you want to divulge some of that information. So because once it gets into somebody's hands, you've given them a certain uh, you know authorization to do what they are um, going to do with that information, but you have to know um, what 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 is going to happen to that, right? So where is it yeah. being stored? Who is going to access it? You know, uh, I often you know find myself saying, okay, well, who who are the p- people in the business that have access to you know your personal information? Mm. No, that's exactly right, and um, you know, and it's uh, it's it's really important and all that. Um, no, that's this is fantastic, Julian. So, did you have any other advice or um, or, or thoughts that you like to leave the listeners with, or any other um, recommendations in terms of steps that they can take to protect yeah. themselves from cyber attacks? Yeah. Well, we mentioned at the top uh, top of the segment. I mean, having a strong password policy, yeah. um, really knowing the, the the devices that are connected to your network, um, especially if they're bringing their other devices as well. Um, you know, ensuring you have a firewall and antivirus. Um, what I would add to that really is um, also ensuring that you know if you do have sensitive information in your business and you're handling that, have also a policy where you're you're often perhaps you know or every so often checking and auditing some of that you know information that's being stored. Is it being mm. done correctly according to your internal policy? Are you handling it you know with with kid gloves, making sure everything is is in place properly? Um, educating the employees is definitely another one, um, but also for some of the more sophisticated perhaps online. Um, services, and you don't even need to be that sophisticated. You can enable and use two-factor authentication, which is mm-hmm. not foolproof either, uh, but it is a, a lot harder to uh, you know, infiltrate two, uh, two-factor authentication. Because yes. um, these, again, for those that don't know, are basically the ability to send a random kind of like pin-generated number uh, through an app or through your phone, and then you enter that as you sign in as a secondary method of verifying who you are, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that's a nice um, thing to use uh, that will help deter different small business attacks, um, and also really the use of cloud services because mm-hmm. you know cloud services are generally you know I mean some of them you know you could you could have information in the cloud, but how risky is it in another? Uh, individuals or another business's server, right? So, you know, those can be hacked as well. So understanding the risks of using cloud services for your day-to-day small business use. I'm talking sometimes about, you know, um, you know, different breaches that occur with larger corporate businesses. It can happen. Um, it could happen to, you know, credit bureaus and so on, right? Mm-hmm. So so these things do happen. You just have to be cognizant and, and careful of, of where your business is, is storing sensitive information. Right. And I think I think the last thing that I'll add to that really is um, um, sometimes if a small business doesn't have the resources to employ um, their own IT department, um, you can use sometimes managed IT services and providers. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I've seen um, as perhaps 
uh, a bit of a, a rise in, or a, a, as a response to some of the, um, you know, challenges that we're facing right now in terms of the pandemic, is for small businesses, you may want to look at um, desktop as a service, which is really um, um, having um, basically access to give your employees laptops that are fully secure, GDPR compliant for a monthly subscription fee. So you, some people say, well, why would I pay a subscription fee for a laptop? Well, typically, you know, you could buy the laptop probably cheaper than the whole subscription. However, if you don't have the money to apply for a full IT department to secure all of those laptops and know what, you know, the employees are doing on the laptop. Uh, you, this will also allow you to have control over what what programs they have access to. Um, do you have Microsoft on all of your, you know, Office on all of your uh, desktops, you, you know, and and all of the different um, different uh, uh, apps and products that you want to have, like so Slack. Uh, you know, do they have access to this or not? So you can have basically a virtual desktop, secured and GDPR compliant. Um, you know, for a low, you know, monthly subscription fee of like, you know, anywhere from, you know, perhaps, you know, 80 to $100 a month or something like that. And that might be worth it mm -hmm. for your business. That way, you know, you know, you're, you're protected. Right. Well, that was really some great advice and uh, tips and recommendations that you gave there. And, uh, you know, this has really been an informative and insightful session. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing. Um, My pleasure. So what's the best way for people out there to connect with you? Yeah, I would uh, be happy to connect um, uh, either by, you know, direct email, um, you know, we could do that or um, mm -hmm. through business website. So that would be at accelera.com, which is A-C-C-E-R-R-A. <laughs> so again, A-C-C-E-L-L-E-R-R-A.com. Great. Julian, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. So take care, be safe, and um, I'll talk to you soon. Right, Great. Bye for Thanks now. so much, Christian. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. To learn more about what we do here at Einblick, please visit our website at www.einblick.co and be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Uh -huh.